0: Amen. Tonight, if you would, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Romans, Romans chapter number 8. Romans chapter number 8, and we're going to start reading in verse number 26. And for many tonight, these uh, couple of verses that we're going to read here are very familiar, and uh, we're going to look at this tonight. And uh, in the uh, last uh, few weeks that uh, that we have been preaching for a handful of months now. We've been preaching on biblical foundations here in our Wednesday night sermon series. And we have been preaching on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we have talked about uh, the promise of the Spirit. Uh, we have uh, finished on the person of the Spirit. And we're going to be looking at the purpose of the Spirit, and uh, we're going to be looking at some things in particular to the purpose of the Holy Ghost and His work in our lives, amen, and uh, we're going to read and start here in Romans 8, and when you come to this place in Scripture, if you would stand with us tonight for the reading of the Word of God, Romans chapter number 8. And uh, starting at verse number 26. And if you're there with me, would you say amen tonight? Amen. There's four of you. Let me check. Amen. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? If you're not, you just look at the wall. Say amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Bible says, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, I want you to listen, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints, that's you and I, according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Amen. You know, it's interesting that oftentimes... We are very quick in our preaching. I'll start with the pulpit. In preaching, in encouraging one another when we're talking about different things. And we will quote often Romans 8 and 28. For we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God, who are the called according to his purpose. We we have that memorized. We like to know and believe and and rest in the fact that God's working for our good. But I want you to understand is that when you look in the context of scripture, you have to understand that there are things that often uh, uh, are, are prerequisites or predicate to the promises. And as we look at this, we find Brother Turnage, and the fact that we see that all things work together for the good, but when I look at this passage of Scripture, I come to find that that promise, it is to those who have been in a place of prayer. It belongs to those who have been in a place where they are allowing the Spirit of God to work His purpose in their hearts and in their lives. Where you say, well, Brother Jacob, do we just throw out Romans 8, 28, and it's no good for anything else? No, it's a promise of God, and and it is there for us. But I want you to understand the principle with it that those that pray and those that seek God and those that are in the will of God, we come to find that that's where Paul is stating all things work for the good in correlation to how we pray. And allow the Spirit to pray through us. And so tonight as we look on, and we're going to be spending some time in a few weeks here on the purpose of the Spirit. But we're going to be addressing tonight. We might break this up. We'll see how the Lord leads. But we're going to be looking on the purpose of the Spirit. The Spirit helps us pray. The Spirit intercedes on our behalf. And so we're going to look at this uh, part of the purpose of the Spirit. Can we pray tonight? Ask the Lord to help us. Father, once again, we thank you and we glorify you for your faithfulness. And Lord, we're asking and praying you would anoint your word tonight. Anoint every ear and every heart. Father, I pray that you would help us to plant the word of God deep within Let it bring forth fruit that is pleasing and godly. I pray, Lord, that you would meet with us in the altars tonight. And and I ask your anointing upon my mind and my lips. Lord, and we'll thank you for all that you'll do. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Tonight, I know that it goes without any question, and I probably... Uh, don't I uh, or goes without saying is the statement that I'm looking for is uh, to know tonight, and I know that you recognize this and know this, but we're going to make this factual statement anyway. As a matter of fact, before service, before we got to church tonight, Ashlyn was doing a little bit of homework and she was looking at uh, uh, some definitions, and uh, one of the definitions was referring to the truth. And uh, so they were asking her, uh, said, what is the truth? And they gave two things, two illustrations, Brother Drew, and one of them was the facts. And uh, the other one was what we believe to be the facts. Amen. Amen. And just one little change of, of word there and one little phrase, it brings on a whole new connotation. How many of you before have believed certain things to be the facts, only to come to find out that it was not the fact, amen? What you believe to be the truth, only to find out that it was not the truth. And uh, so tonight, when I make this statement, we understand that there is great truth power in prayer we understand the necessity of prayer As a matter of fact, can I say that for the church, for the child of God, that when we look at the subject of prayer, number one, it's inexhaustible to preach upon the principles and the power and the practice of prayer. But if I could make the analogy, it is like breath. It is like life, a lifeline. Amen. For the child of God. Someone once said that a sinning man won't pray. And that a praying man won't sin. Uh, another fellow had talked about the fact, and in, in the in the in the aspect of prayer, he said, "Ring the prayer bells of heaven." He said, "When the prayer bells of heaven are rung, it is as af- as if man has set a cannon aimed at the very gates of heaven and has sent forth the cannonball to burst through." He said, "Such is the act." of Prayer. We find to know that in the Word of God, that time and time again, that we are taught that men ought to to pray we find that even Christ when he is giving us uh, some prerequisites for the believer we come to find that there are a few things in particular well I know that throughout the course of uh, humanity and church history there's a lot of things that uh, churches or denominations or preachers want to tack on to people and say you need to be this and you need to do this and you need to do that whatever the case might be but But uh, when we look at the Word of God, there are some specific things. And Christ had said this. There were three things uh, uh, specifically that will mark the life of a believer. It's going to be a part of you. It's going to be a part of the new nature. One of those things, and well, let me first say it like this. He had said this in his teaching. He He said, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. Of. Amen. When you pray, when you fast, and when you give. I want you to notice the word there. When. When. In other words, it is to be done. It is to be practiced. It did not say, if you do this, maybe you should do this. If you feel it's convenient to do this, but we find the life of a believer is going to be earmarked by prayer, by fasting, and by giving. When we see this, we understand tonight, you'd say, Brother Jacob, you're preaching to the choir. I pray every day. I speak to the Lord every day day multiple times throughout the day and I'm glad that you do the the Word of God tells us and teaches us the disciples came to Christ and asked him said teach us to pray what is it that we need to do what is it we should say they saw the effects of prayer in the life of Christ as he prayed over those he ministered to as he called upon the father in many instances even times when where scripture records, where he would depart away from everyone and everything, often in the solitude of the mountains, maybe in a place of wilderness, but he would go in order to commune with the Father. We come to see how essential prayer is, and we know all of these things, and yet, can I tell you tonight, and I'm sure that you can testify of this fact tonight, is that if there is one area in our life if there is one place that is sometimes sabotaged it is sabotaged by our own selves it is sometimes sabotaged by uh, circumstance I understand there's times that it is sabotaged uh, if we want to say this uh, by time and circumstance whatever the case might be but I will tell you this that for a man or a woman who will commit themselves to a prayer life, who will commit themselves to talk with God, you will come to find that prayer does not come easy. You will find that prayer, your prayer life, the time for prayer life, the essential uh, the essential time and devotion to it, the power of it, the focus of it, to get the mind of God, if there is a place that is under attack in our lives, if we are all honest, every one of us can raise our hands and say, yes, I know the power of prayer. I've seen the power of prayer. I understand the dynamic and principle of prayer and what the Word of God says. But man, oh man, is it a struggle. Man, oh man, is it hard. Oh, is it a fight? There would be some that could argue and say, not for me, Brother Jake. It's become a discipline. I do it every day. I have the same time, the same place. I do those things. And I'm glad if you have that spiritual discipline. But even those that carry the spiritual discipline of prayer, you will not convince me that every time you go to prayer, even in discipline, that there aren't times that you get down to prayer or if you walk and pray or sit and pray or whatever you do to pray that there aren't times, Sister Polly that the mind is wondering that the mind is a hundred miles away that the body is tired oh, that there's distractions it's a phone call, it's the kids it's this, it's that there's a a myriad of things that come up I will tell you the enemy will do his best to Sabbath your prayer life because he is no fool to the fact that a praying man and a praying woman who has the mind of God taps into a power that goes far beyond anything of this world but it causes you to reach into the echelons of heaven and for the river of God to flow in your life to be led by the spirit to know the mind of God to have victory over sin and power over hell I'm here to tell you those things come to those who will pray hallelujah they'll come to those that pray life is sustained spiritually as we pray Paul said pray without ceasing we find time and again As I said in the word of God, example upon example... Not only Christ, not only those men of old and women of old in the Old Testament. Prayers of desperation. Prayers for guidance. Prayers for understanding. Prayers for leadership. We find in the New Testament, the early church prayers for boldness. Prayers for direction. Prayers that the gospel would be uh, fortified and the preaching of the word would be undercarried and undergirded by the Spirit of God. And the power of God by way of prayer we come to find that the prayers of the saints it opened prison doors for Peter we come to find the prayers of the saints would shake the very foundation of the home that they would gather in as they would pray amen not for escape but they would pray for boldness to preach the gospel even under persecution we come to find oh that even John the Revelator when you get to the last book of the Bible. The word of God says that man of God as he had been ostracized on the Isle of Patmos a prisoner's island an island that was barren like a wilderness out there in the middle of that sea there he was blind in his natural eyes oh but brother Drew one thing it could not take away they could have cut his tongue out if they wanted to but it wouldn't have stopped him from praying. Brother Wesley, it said that John, he was writing the testimony. And it said while it was on the Lord's day, he said, I, John, was called up in the spirit. And God began to reveal himself. God will reveal. And God will illustrate and demonstrate his power in the life of one that will pray. Hallelujah. I want to tell you tonight that when we talk about the power of prayer... And the purpose of the spirit in prayer Let me just say this It has been because of Prevailing prayer Prevailing prayer of people who have Loved you is for the Very reason why you're on a church Pew tonight I want to let you know I'm th- I thank God You love him I thank God You're godly I'm glad you're in the House of God on a Wednesday night But I just want to remind you Kind of like the turtle that sits on the fence Post you didn't get here by yourself. Come on here. Just like that turtle didn't get there by himself. I can tell you right now from the pulpit to the back pew oh we can forget we've gotten so godly and so righteous we get amnesia but somebody Brother Hill, I promise you somebody took a burden for Jacob Smith when he was just a boy and prayed for him and somebody prayed for Marvin Rich and Tobin Dinger and prayed for Michael Shirley. Oh and prayed for Gloria Fitzwater and the list goes on and on. Ain't a one of us here on our own accord but somebody prayed and as they prayed Sister Bambi God was orchestrating and the Holy Ghost was moving convicting and dealing and drawing and you might think you stumbled into revival or you stumbled into church or you stumbled into the Bible study no sir, no ma'am your steps, your decisions your attendance, it was orchestrated because I promise you somebody was on their knees prevailing in prayer on your behalf oh so many things we look at in our lives in so many situations I recently heard a gentleman who is a neuros- neuroscientist has his PhD a very well educated man A professor at Stanford University who in all of his education as a neuroscientist and as a scientist there's many in the scientific community that don't believe in God. And in this man's interview, he openly confessed his belief in God. He said, I've seen too much. I've studied too much. That is amazing to where you could you, you, you just have to be nuts to deny that there is not a creator. He said, I know there is a God. And somebody pressed him a little bit further and they said, do you talk to that God? And he said, yes, I talk to God. Yes, I pray to God. He said, I'm finding that the longer that I live and the more that I pray. He said, I'm telling tapping into something that cannot be explained. He said, I see God making ways, open doors, and making avenues that I never would have dreamed. I'm seeing God do things in my life. He said, sometimes it's not instantaneous. He said, sometimes the answer's no. He said, sometimes I have to wait. He said, but I'll tell you, my life is turned around by way of the power of prayer. Hallelujah. When we talk about the Spirit of God, when we talk about the blessed third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, we have shared that we come to find that in the study of Scripture, the Greek terminology for the Spirit of God for the Holy Ghost is paraclete, one who comes along beside to help. One who comes along beside to help. And we come to find that as we are empowered by the Spirit of God, and and, and as we are Spirit-filled believers, when we talk about walking in the Spirit, let me preface this. The Bible said, walk not after the lust of the flesh, but rather to be filled with the Spirit, to walk after the Spirit, In doing so, let me say, is that we only walk in right standing with God and in the power of the Spirit by way of keeping our hearts and minds open by the conduits of prayer, talking to God. I want to remind you, church, tonight, and I know some of this, you're not going to leave here saying, boy, what a grand revelation. But tonight, and I will tell you this, many things you already know, many things you've already heard preached, but I want to remind you tonight that one of the reasons why your prayer life is fault, one of the reasons why distractions show up, one of the reasons, and let's just throw this out there because we've all said it a time or two, maybe you went through the day and come to realize you didn't pray and you would say something that's so silly like, I didn't have time. I didn't have time to pray. No, sir, no, ma'am. Truth of the matter is you had time for everything you wanted to have time for. You just didn't make it a priority to pray. Come on here. When we look at this and we talk about walking after the Spirit, being empowered in the Spirit, and living a victorious Christian life, you cannot separate these things outside or aside from prayer. I want you to understand that in all of this and the importance of prayer, we understand. The power of prayer, we grab it and know it because we've experienced it. But we find the apostle Paul said this. He said that we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. Now that sounds somewhat confusing for some. Maybe there are some that would say, I know exactly what I'm praying for. There are some that you'd say, I know I'm praying, I'm praying for more money. I'm praying for a better job. I'm praying for health. I'm praying for all these different, I mean, you can have the list. I mean, you got it out there. You've got your list. Brother Jake, I know especially what I'm praying for. But yet Paul challenges the church and says, we don't know how we ought to pray. Why is it that he, the man of God, would say this? Why is it that he would call seemingly into contradiction our prayer life? Why is it that we would be challenged in such a way that the word of God would say such a statement to prick our hearts and to say, no sir, no ma'am, you don't know how to pray as you ought. It is because it reminds us of the fact that we have to have the help of the Spirit to pray. Before that statement is made, it says, likewise, the Spirit helps in our infirmities. If you will allow me to read to you the Amplified Version, and I love the breakdown of this. It says this, in the same way the Spirit comes to us, And helps us in our weakness. Catch that. Weakness. Because when we look at the word infirmity. We think sometimes of sickness. But the breakdown of that word means our weakness. We do not know what prayer to offer. Or how to offer it as we should. But the Spirit himself knows our need and at the right time intercedes on our behalf. Now I want to stop right there. I want to first start with this point of the fact to say... When we talk about intercession, the Spirit helps us pray. The purpose of the Spirit, it is to help us pray, to intercede. What does that mean? Simple definition tells us this. To intercede means to make a plea on another's behalf. To act as a mediator or an advocate. As a mediator would sit down between two parties and help convey the and help to flow the conversation, to express the needs on both sides of the table so that there is clear communication and clear understanding. Isn't it something? We've got more prayer programs. we got more gospel around us, teaching on prayer, times of prayer. As a matter of fact, I could pick up my uh, smartphone, you know, that phone that's smarter than me. I promise you that. Pick up that smartphone. It's a it's a sad day when now, I'll, Sister Kayla, I'll hand my phone over to my thirteen-year-old uh, daughter. And say, so what what I do with this? And she'll, okay, Dad is is doing is doing good now. But on that smartphone, there's even apps. You can have apps where you can click on that app and you can set reminders on your calendar for prayer time, meditation time, quiet. They got all kinds of stuff, all kinds of things that's going on. And and, and in this, I want you to know that when when we look at all of the things that are around us, and yet we come to find that the truth of the matter is is that real prayer is not being made? Real prayer, real seeking after God, real help that we're seeking after, it's not being made. What do you mean by that, Brother Jacob? We. We have substituted travail before the Lord. We have substituted tearing in an altar until we know the mind of God and the will of God in regards to particular situations for our families, in our personal lives, in who we are as men and women. We have traded that for what I will just call patty cake praying, popcorn praying. We'll say a few cute little phrases just like now, and I'm getting ready to offend somebody right now. Just raise your hand and say, I'm getting ready to be offended. Go ahead. I'm getting ready to be offended. I'm just forewarning you. They'll give you something else to pray about, right? But just like when it comes to spending time in the Word of God, now electronically we can get our verse of the day, right? We can read our verse of the day, and somebody right now, you're getting prickly. Well, I do that. I read that. And I'm on a streak of 675 weeks. You know, they keep streaks for you and all that kind of. I'm doing a good thing reading my verse of the day. Yes, I'm glad. Read your verse of the day. I read a verse of the day. I like that little feature. Oh, but here's what I'm trying to say, Brother Marvin, it is not enough. I'm going to tell you, your pastor is not going to be prepared. I'm not going to be poured into. I'm not going to be ready to preach this gospel by just a little, a little verse of the day, just a little a little prayer offered here or there. And, and can I just say this? I, I done told you I'm going to offend you. I'm going to say this. It's just a little dab here and there of a little sprinkle of the word here and a little sprinkle of prayer here and we walk around and we think we're so sanctified and we think we're so powerful and we think we got the mind of God sir and ma'am ladies and gentlemen I want to tell you there has to be a return we have deduced prayer down to microwave praying like we do everything else we want it fast we want it quick we want it easy and in the same token we treat God the same way I want to answer now. I want an answer fast. I want an answer that's easy. And anything that causes me to spend some time in travail, anything that causes me to turn off the TV, turn off social media, lock myself in a prayer closet, call the pastor, say, can you let me in the church? I've just got to spend some time in prayer. Tell the spouse, tell the kids, I've got to lock myself in a way, would you give me a little while, I'm going to go pray, we have missed those days, and can I tell you the effects of it are showing in the church, the effects of it are showing in our lives, the effects of it are showing in our walk with God, we've got an Instagram gospel mentality, all we've got time and attention for is 30 seconds flat on a screen, may God give us men and women who will tarry in an upper room, tarry in a prayer closet, tarry in an altar, and say, God, I've got to know your voice, I've got to feel your power, and I've got to spend time with you. Thus Paul said, you're not praying how you ought to pray. Man, come on here. I know, I know we're on live stream, and some of you might be frustrated. But I'm going to tell you something: attendance for prayer meeting, it should be up. I'm just going to leave that right there. Attendance for prayer meeting should be up. Well, but brother Jake, I work, I, I work well past that seven o'clock hour. I do. I know. I know, I know there's responsibilities, I know there's things. Your pastor will confess to you, there's been times on a given Monday where something came up that I could not make it, I physically couldn't get to prayer meeting. I hate it, but there's times that it has happened. Don't make a habit of it, but there's times that it's happened. But let me say this, is that when we talk about prayer, you might say, well, you, and you, like I said, you're Welcome to get offended if you want. And you might say, Well, I may not come on Monday nights, but I can, I pray at home. I pray in the mornings. I pray here. I pray there. That's wonderful. But what I'm trying to say is that when there is effort made in our lives to make prayer a priority. Amen, Brother Jake. That's good preaching. Thank you. When you make prayer a priority. Sadly, prayer is only a priority when there is an emergency in our life. Sadly, prayer, a church will normally go to prayer when a pastor leaves the pulpit. Then the church, you'll start seeing people show up for prayer meetings. You let the kids fall sick. You let a cancer diagnosis happen. You let bankruptcy be knocking on the door. You go a few weeks without a job. You go, whatever happens, happens to the people you love, whatever. All of a sudden, prayer becomes a priority again. It's our nature. I'm just telling you the truth. You know it's true. It's our nature. But what happens When we make prayer the priority, again, we're talking about the premise. Paul said, he said, the Spirit has to help us because we don't know how to pray pray as we ought. We get our priorities out of line and we get our timing out of line. And let me say this, when prayer is only a precedence, when there is an emergency in your life, then friends, there is truth again that is proven in the Word of God. We don't know how to pray. Oh, I, I, but Brother but Jake, I can really pray when I'm in trouble. Anybody can. Any sinner man can. Come on. Jail house is full of prayers tonight. ER is full of prayers tonight. ICU rooms are full of prayers tonight. And some of those, many of those folks that's never darkened the door of the church. Many of those that don't have an iota of a relationship with God. Oh, but I've got to, I need prayer, I need prayer. Well, Brother Jake, you kind of sound like a jerk tonight. You're saying we shouldn't pray in those times? Are you saying we shouldn't pray for those people? No, pray for them. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. Sadly, it is only in those moments of our lives that we make prayer priority. Where it takes precedence. Therefore, Paul was saying, we don't know how we ought to pray. You have to have the spirit To help you pray. Because it said. Because we are in our infirmities. That's what the King James said. The Amplified broke that down to. In our weakness. I know. We're strong, you got strong men around here. I know that there's strong women. I know there's some of you, you've lived more life and have much more experience than I do. There's some of you have been serving God longer than I've been alive. I, I give you honor. I give you respect. I understand all of those things. But I will tell you this, we are all weak. There's weakness in all of us. I don't care how sanctified you are, how holy you are, I will tell you, the Word of God even said, He knows our frame and that we are dust. We're weak. We have weakness at different points of our lives, different times of our lives. And He says, the Spirit, he, it's essential, He has to come and help us in our weakness Because we don't know how to pray, how to offer our prayer. We often don't know how to prioritize prayer. And then we come to find, I thought that this was good. There are some things that we're praying. And there's some things we're asking God for. And some things we're pleading about. And it is not in line with God's will or His time frame. You can pray and pray and pray for certain things, and you want it so bad. And there's been times I know, Brother Hemp Hill, in my life, I've had the sting of the experience when there were doors that I kicked in versus letting God open. Oh, I know the pastor's the only one ever done that. Things, Sister Gloria, I wanted to happen so bad. And I'd pray a little bit about it. And I was so convinced because I prayed a little bit about it. Oh, yes, God's for me. God's going to do this. And Jacob Smith went to work. And I got out crowbars and dynamite and everything else and I put it around the doors that were closed and even when God was convicting and prompting and saying I, you're not ready for this you can't do this right now I was trying to make a way and there's sometimes, did you know there's sometimes Ashlyn has asked for things that I did not want her to have I did not want her to do but she persisted and she pouted and we fought and We argued and finally Uncle Danny Call me a weak father if you will But there's been times I said Okay, go right ahead And like any good parent who's sitting in this room Just like you've said before But don't you come to me Don't you come to me when it falls apart Don't you come crying to me Come on here And what happened she got what she wanted but she sure learned she didn't want what she got. And there are things there are some things let me just park right here this is a good start a place to park. There are some things you are in turmoil. You got ulcers in your stomach. You're not sleeping at night. You're stressed to the max. You're losing your mind. You're an emotional basket case. And you're up and down, in and out. You're bipolar spiritually. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I mean you. there's no even kill. And you're all worked up because you're praying and pleading and proclaiming and trying to claim things that God says not right now. That God says it is not time for that. Can I lovingly and with a smile tell you is that there are many times in my own life and there are times maybe even right now in your life God is not being cruel. He is not being unloving. See, this is the war that goes on as we pray. This is where discouragement sets in. This is when we start saying things like, well, if God don't do this, I ain't ever going back to church again. If God don't do that, he don't love me. I saw him answer that prayer for them, but he don't love me enough to answer it for me his word that he 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 the, the word i've heard people say things like the word of god don't work for me cuz it didn't do this for me i'll tell you what it is you don't know how to pray you're not praying as you should you're praying things that are not in its season yet The Word of God tells us that Jesus came upon a fig tree. You remember this story? Came upon that fig tree, and Sister Mildred, it looked like a fig tree. It was a fig tree, it had its leaves, it had all things except for figs, except for its fruit. Jesus went to that fig tree to pick a fig, it was a fig tree. He knew it, it had its leaves, it had all the elements of what it was supposed to, except for Sister Sylvia, it did not have its fruit. And when he went to that tree and it was fruitless and bare, when it was supposed to have fruit, what did he do? He cursed it. The disciples come back the next day and the tree was already dead, already withered and died. This principle goes to show us of the fact of the, how, how essential it is in the fact that we can have all the things that look, and today's church culture is big on how things look. We are big on how things look. There are many of us, we will compromise God's time and His season because you want to look a certain way amongst family, friends, or on social media. This is good preaching, by the way. I'm going to be like David. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord tonight. Some of you staring at me like I am out in left field. We will compromise real fruit. What did the Word of God say? Because here's the thing. When we talk about the purpose of the Spirit, and we're going to get into this in teaching in in a couple of weeks. But I want you to understand this. The Pentecostal church is often, and we've, we've been preaching and teaching on this for some time now, but we are called up on, we got to get somebody prayed through, hear them speak in tongues so we can shout and rejoice, praise God, they're full of the Holy Ghost. They have the initial physical evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, guess what needs to happen? There is also something called the fruit of of the Spirit that has to be, should be, and let me say it like this, will be produced in the life of a believer who is walking in the Spirit, whose everyday life is yielded to the leadership of the Spirit. And so in that, it is not enough to walk around saying, I have spoken tongues, I spoke in tongues, I got happy, I felt electricity, I've got the goosebumps, I remember this happened, I remember that happened. I, that's wonderful, I'll shout with you, I'll rejoice with you, I'm glad for that. But there is now more. Remember we've been talking about the fact the Spirit of God takes us deeper. We go into a deeper place. Psalms reminds us, About the man, the blessed man, and we can even put woman in there. When man is used in Scripture, it's dealing with humanity. The blessed man who is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And what does it say? Brings forth his fruit, Brother Michael, in his season and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. We don't know what we ought to pray because we're not making priority, not making precedence, but there are things that we're trying to pray outside of his will and his season for our lives. Now, the argument can be, well, Brother Jacob, but... This, this, and this. I want to see so and so saved. I'm praying for this. I'm praying for healing. I'm praying for whatever the case might be. And you're telling me God's God's got season and time for all those things? I'll tell you, yes, he does. Yes, he does. The word of God says he is long-suffering. He is patient. His patient far exceeds and extends beyond anything that we could ever know. And so the spirit... Of God comes along to help to intercede on our behalf. Because there are things that I will just say it as graciously as I can. Things that we are praying and they are selfish prayers. Let me read to you what the book of James said. And I know I'm running out of time. The book of James tells us this. James 4 and 3, you ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that ye may, now catch this, that you may consume it upon your lust. Listen to this. The Amplified Version says, you ask God for something and do not receive it, because you ask with wrong motives out of selfishness, or with an unrighteous agenda. That's not pastor saying that. That's the B-I-B-L-E. Listen, so that when you get what you want, you may spend it on your own hedonistic desires. We must have the Spirit of God come along. We've got to have the Holy Ghost come along to help us as we pray. Because, Sister Bambi, what he will also do is he will check your motives. He will challenge your agenda. I told you the story, and let me just tell it again. I told you the story about a man... church that my mother and father-in-law was pastoring. Carolyn and I were newly married, and I knew that this man was a thorn in the flesh to my father-in-law. I mean, this man was making pastoring very difficult for my father-in-law, and I knew it. I knew it not based upon gossip. I knew it not based upon assumption. I knew it because he very candidly, came to me. Isn't that something? The son-in-law came to me to tell me all the things that he thought that pastor was doing wrong. He came to me to tell me of all the things that pastor would fail at because he wasn't a good pastor. And he was going on down the list. Brother Drew, indignation, not indigestion. Might have caused a little indigestion along the way. But Pepto Bismol couldn't fix what I was feeling. I wanted to lay hands on that man, and I wanted to do so not in a spiritual way. Brother Gary, I'd come into church, he'd be there in the congregation, and Brother Hemp Hill, I'd be sure. If I saw him over on one side, I'd go the other way. I was showing him, Sister Lindy. I was showing him, I'd go the other way. I made sure if he was out shaking hands with folks, you'd have to pry my hand out of my pocket. I ain't shaking hands with you. He'd testify under my breath. I'm going, pff, pff. what a hypocrite. I'd see him praying, and Brother Darren, I'd think to myself, I hope you're praying through. And then I got spiritual, Brother Gary. I got real spiritual about it. And God was dealing with me about it. Started saying, pray for him. I can do that. So I was praying, God, get him. God, get him. Right? Like I'm sicking God on somebody. Get him. Do this. Get him out of here. Drive him on out of here. I was doing that. And Brother Michael, do you know what happened? The Spirit of God began to deal with me. And he said, sir, your motive and your agenda is not right. He could care less you ain't talking to him. He ain't losing sleep over it. He don't even recognize you ain't shook his hand in two weeks. He don't care. You hear me? He don't know. You can pray all day long for me to sick him and get him. But I'm not going to answer that prayer. Because your agenda is wrong. Your motive is wrong. And Brother Coleman, I had to allow the Spirit of God to come alongside me and help me to pray. And do you know what began to happen? When I really got a burden for that man, Brother Marvin, the first thing that really began to happen was for me to see what kind of man I was, and how I was handling a difficult time. God had to deal with me first. And when my heart got right, Gloria, wouldn't believe how quickly I saw the situation between him and Pastor mend. And God used that man to be such a great supporter of my father-in-law and that church. But Sister Debbie, I was spinning my wheels fast and I was going nowhere when my motive and my agenda was not right. The Spirit has to come in our weakness For when we don't know what we ought to pray. We're not praying in season. We're not praying in his will. And we're praying. James said you're asking but you're not receiving. Because you're asking in the wrong way. He said you're only asking so you can get what you want. And then do with it what you want. And I want to remind you church. The kingdom of God does not work that way. Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. I'm just going to stop right here. There's more. I'm way off my notes, I promise you. This is just the way the Lord's leading tonight. I think it's good for all of us. Hear me. I point a finger at you, I've got three right back at me. For all of us to say, to, to let the Holy Ghost take real evaluation. I'm going to ask you tonight, what are things that you're praying for? What are things you've been asking God for? What is it? Let me ask you this. What are some things that you're so worked up about? And you might have even fallen trap into the thinking that God is not for you. But actually, it's the fact He is for you that He hasn't opened that door. It actually is he is for you because he has not given you that. Because it would probably kill you if it, if it did. You wouldn't handle it right if you got it. You're not ready for it. Your spirit's not ready for it. Your mind's not ready for it. I know that's a tough pill to swallow. Because we are an entitled bunch of people, aren't we? We want it and we wanted it yesterday. Yesterday. I am owed this, I'm a good man, I'm a good woman, I go to church, I worship, I pay my tithe, I do this, I do that, none of that. Let me just say this, God will always get to the heart of the matter. He's always getting to the heart of the matter, seeking it out, the Spirit of God, and I we haven't even covered all of this verse because the word of God said, the spirit has to come along, help us in our weaknesses for when we don't know what we ought to pray. But there is one who knows the mind of the spirit and prays the will of God for us. Brother Hill. he prays the will of God for us, for our families, for our children, for our churches. Does anybody hear what I'm saying tonight? I believe God by His word tonight is wanting to remind somebody you don't have to be so frustrated. You don't have to be sitting around so grumpy and mad at the world, mad at God and mad at the church. Maybe it's a matter of fine-tuning the way that we're praying. and maybe it's a matter that instead of us trying to head it on and do it our way that we start saying, Spirit of God. Would you lead me, convict me, counsel me, direct me? One last thing that that neuroscientist said. I've heard it said, I've said it, I've preached it, I've heard others preach it, but it was such a good reminder, Brother Gary. He said, what I've come to learn about prayer, he said, it's more listening is talking and it could be that as the spirit comes along to help us in our weakness maybe our weakness is we're talking too much maybe our weakness is is that every time you go to pray you're giving God the list of things you need him to do you say your goodbye you get up and you go home When's the last time that we just listened? When's the last time that you just listened to say, God, what are you trying to say to me? He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. I know the Scripture says to the church, but you're a part of the church. We're members of this body. And so I can personalize it and say... Lord, give me ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to Jacob Smith. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Father, I thank you tonight. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of prayer. I'm thankful for the Spirit of God that comes along and that helps us, helps us when we don't know how we ought to pray, when maybe our mind and our method and our, our motives, our agenda, is completely out of balance, completely out of will. Lord, in our weaknesses, we are weak, and we are selfish, and we have our agendas, and we have our desires, and sometimes, Lord, we're only after what we want. Forgive us, Lord, when prayer only becomes a priority and takes precedence when there are emergencies in our lives. We're treating you oftentimes as a spare tire in the trunk, as a life jacket on the ship. But, Lord, help us to understand that we are bettered in our relationship with you as we are men and women of prayer that we will know and learn the will of God and the mind of God when we pray. We'll produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives as we are people of prayer. There's power over sin and Satan when we pray. Father, I pray, I ask, Lord, tonight that you would remind us of that. Deal with our hearts. Deal with our hearts. If tonight you would say, I want God to examine me. I want God to challenge me. I want God. I know I need the Holy Ghost to help me to pray. Maybe there's things, I, and I, I believe they're important. I believe they're imperative. I believe that maybe you look and say, the clock's ticking. Or, Brother Jacob, I'm up against the deadline. Or, we need to me- I can understand all of those things. I've been there, and I will be there. But I'm telling you tonight. I want to pray in step and in line and in sync with God's will in His season, in my life, for this church, for my family, for your families, for your life. Fetch your heart's desire and say, God, I, I want you to deal with me. I want you to, maybe tonight there's some things that need to be rearranged. Maybe tonight the Holy Ghost is dealing with some things about prayer, the priority of prayer. The importance of it. How we're praying. If that's us. Can we just come and find ourselves a place in these altars? Can we find ourselves a place just to steal away with him tonight? Would you come and just say, Lord, I need your help tonight. These altars are open this evening. If it's a